0: What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We had the most official, unofficial co-host, Solana Lewis on, along with making his podcast debut, Joey Shepard, better known as Goey Bagadonas. I like to call him Joe Bags on to do our first snake draft, and this snake draft was... The GOAT draft. So we drafted the best powerlifters of all time. Steve goes into a breakdown how the snake draft worked. We did six rounds. Really fun conversation. It was a blast doing this. It was awesome. Listen to it. Listen to the entire thing. Um, if you guys have ever been part of a fantasy football draft, you know how fun they are or any fantasy draft. And this is what it was. We had a blast, and we're going to continue to do these. Lots of argument and lots of debate lots of uh insults thrown back and forth mostly between steve and i let's i mean let's be real that's usually where the insults go but listen to it we go into a breakdown of how it works and then we just spend the rest of the episode going into the draft be sure to subscribe on apple podcast leave a five-star review leave a five-star rating as well and also follow us on spotify Leave a five-star rating. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hopefully this video will be uploaded up to YouTube. And subscribe on twowhitelights.com. And without further ado, here it is. Two white lights. Oh
1: baby, I like it. Give me take on the natural for yards. from the home of the of Brooklyn Squad.
0: And as promised, we are here and we have a fun episode today. I am joined by Steve DeNovi, of course, my co host. Solana Lewis, unofficial of the, the most official unofficial co-host we have, and first time on the show, Joey Shepard, also known as Joey Bagadonis, I like to call him Joe Bags. Joey, how are you, man?
1: I'm good, how
0: are you all? Fantastic. Ready to get this draft going, and Joey, your first time on the show, you do a lot for the sport of powerlifting, Um, I'll get into why I wanted you on the show, but... Give a little background on yourself uh, for the Two White Lights listeners.
1: Yeah, so I've been competing since 2015. A couple USAPL meets and been USPA really since 2016. I'm a national USPA referee, and then I became a meet director and started my own business running meets back last year with me and my girlfriend, Erin, under Shepherd Strength. So I run meets here in Indiana under the USPA as well. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And what you failed to mention is that you are, one, an avid, avid sports fan, kind of obnoxious. You're from the Midwest. So if you're an obnoxious sports fan, you're going to be more obnoxious if you're from the Midwest. And on occasion, you piss people off in powerlifting, which is pretty much the resume for Two White Lights. Like, that's all you really need to come on Two White Lights.
1: Yeah, I mean, I spend way too much time with you and Garrett Fear. So, I mean, it hits every bucket.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we have today a draft, and I'm just going to call it the Goat Draft. We are going to draft our team of goats, and of course, if anything is analytical, involves numbers, or organization, I pass it off to Steve DeNovi. So, Steve, break down the rules for the anime fans who who have never done a fantasy football draft in their life, or have never watched a sport in their life. How does this work?
2: All right, well... We did this for our IPF show last year, but simply put in a second here, we're going to do a little random draw of who's drafting first, but all of us are going to get a chance to draft. And then a snake draft means whoever drafts, drafts last in round one drafts first in round two, and it snakes back and forth. Um, there's really no rules. You can pick whoever you want, but it's a goat draft. We're trying to pick who we legitimately think is the greatest lifters of all time, whether it's raw, Multiply, single ply, tested, untested from 1942, from 2022. Uh, We already talked about before we started recording, I'm pretty sure about 90% of the actual ghosts that Angelo has no idea who they are because Angelo didn't pay attention until 2019. So he only knows lifters who are currently lifting. So um, (laughs) he actually wanted my board that (laughs) I created so that he could copy and take my picks and then got pissed when I sent him an open powerlifting link saying, here's your board.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man, it's fucking bullshit. But also, if we're trying to make the team of goat powerlifters, and the way we're going to get the winner here, Steve thought the idea we just Venmo him money. Um, Of course, that's bullshit. I'm never doing that ever. I'm not actually now. Now, even if you do work for me, I'm just not going to Venmo you the money. So you kind of burn your bridge there. but we're going to have people vote on it. I think I'm in the best position to have people vote on the best team because most of two white lights listeners don't give a fuck about powerlifting prior to 2016 anyways. So I'm just, I might, I might use that strategy against you. You could pick your old fucking timey powerlifters. I'm going to pick the current ones.
1: Angelo, realistically, if you just picked nothing but 82, five USAPL lifters, you'll probably win.
0: (laughs) That's a very good point. Yeah, I'll just do that. That's All true. of team flex. Just go down the list of team flex athletes, and you know people will vote for me that way. Um, only take drug tested lifters. Only people pull on stiff bars. Should be I should be golden if we're doing two highlights demographic.
3: What percentage uh, of the podcast listener the
0: woman Angela? Um, actually, I can pull up those analytics right now. Uh, it's not great.
2: Just getting it out there is not, not, not the best. It's better. It's better than my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is less than 1% linen.
3: Oh, my gosh. That, you makes, know, like... that
2: makes a lot yep. of sense. Less than one less than, less
3: than 1%. Is it just me. It might be me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> OK, so I, I have the, the dem- demographics pulled up here. Actually, believe it or not. It's slightly better than my Instagram following, which is like 9% women, which is very funny because when my girlfriend said it, when I had my Instagram account of my powerlifting, it's just going to be a bunch of women following me. No, she was completely wrong on that. It was almost the exact opposite. I actually didn't think it will be 10% women. Um, It's 9% females, 88% male, and then non-specified and non-binary the most. Um, Yeah. So this episode should probably bring in female lifters, right? Like that's a fantasy draft, um, a goat draft, a snake draft. Yeah, for sure. Solana, you're on. No,
3: but whoever's whoever's listening will hopefully at least vote for my team. So I'm going to need this 9% to
2: really go hard for me. Yeah, that's going to make a huge impact on it.
3: I think our
0: Instagram page I, gonna, goes for two. I well, like
2: better. If we're pulling up demographics, anyone under a four hundred Wilkes should vote for me. I'm the only one with a under four hundred Wilkes on this podcast, so they should all uh, team up with Team Steve. And then everyone who's in the USPA and
0: untested feds vote for Joe uh, Joe team.
2: There we go. Yeah, and anyone that is pro communism, Angela. <laughs>
0: hey, <laughs> hey, that's not that's not as bad as it used to be, man. <laughs> You could have said something else. All right. Well, let's,
2: let's get into it. I'm going to pick the order. First pick in the two white lights goat draft goes to
1: Joey. All right. The The worst pick in a snake draft is always first.
2: Well, actually,
1: for well, this There's one, only
2: four teams. Well, if there was a this, 12-team draft, it might be different. For this but-
0: I'm going to actually say, though, on this one it is because it's not like for fantasy football and all these other fantasy drafts, you're doing it for the next season of current people. So you have like a, okay, here's a consensus number one that we can pick. This one you're going to piss off someone who you pick number one. You're going to piss off definitely a fan or the lifter or a person who thinks they're number one. So, yeah, this might be the pick or the draft where number one is the worst
2: uh, traffic right. to get number two the oracle steve okay all right number, number th- two number makes three. sense
0: you're number two to me you are my co-host so that's actually <laughs> a fantastic uh order for wow. you
2: well it's perfect because you're not i mean considering you're supposed to be number one you're actually going to be the the bottom i mean I, I think that works for you you are the a power bottom, bottom. Uh, solana is number three which means de facto, Angelo is the final pick in the draft. Yeah, I bet you this right.
3: piece of paper said Angelo. He was like, no.
2: I don't even need to show it. We assume it's Angelo. Maybe I wrote Steve twice. Who knows? <laughs> not going to review All if right. I did or not. All right, ah, so that means Joey. You're
1: go first. Bags. Yeah, you're Who's in the first pick.
0: Yeah, you're on the hot seat.
1: All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with probably the least popular answer for IPF people, but I, I've got to go Ed Cohn, number one. Uh, in my opinion, he's the, the godfather of powerlifting. Um, he's been doing it since the 80s, from 80s to 2007, and has won in weight classes from 165 all the way up to 242, and technically single ply, but I'd argue that the wraps he used were uh, less supportive than injured sleeves at this point.
0: I think that's I mean the safest number one you could potentially have if you're going against all demographics. But Ed Cohen, and possibly the powerlifting historians in here can uh, shed some light on this. He failed the IPF drug test, correct?
3: Yep. And was banned. Yes. That and takes, was banned. That phone takes
0: phone banned. a lot of stock out of me for Ed Cohen. Now, granted, like when we made the list or like I did a Q and a on two white lights, Ed was on pretty much everyone's list or as far as goats go. And yeah, he's like, he's nicknamed the goat and most people refer to him as a powerlifting, but that actually matters to me. I'm taking the Johnny Candido take like that's important. If he never test if he was always untested, he would probably be my number one. But the fact that it, the fact that he did fail a drug test in at any point of his career automatically bumps him down for me. That is the USAPL
2: lead. Okay, so, today. That, that are you I got are, something that something that counters that for me is the fact that i forget which deadlift it was i want to say it's like 898 whichever was the or 920 whichever was the deadlift that took forever for anyone to break he did that with old school weightlifting order rules which meant that it wasn't like a round robin like we do nowadays in powerlifting it was it just goes up in weight. So he had to do his first, second, and third attempt following each other because he had the three heaviest deadlifts of his flight. So therefore he had to do all three deadlifts with like something like a mm-hmm. two minute rest. And he deadlifted something like I think it was like nine, it was either 898 or 920. I forget which record it was that he held for like years and just recently got broken. Um, but he did that having to follow up two deadlifts in a row. That's one of the most amazing accomplishments in all powerlifting history, that alone right there.
3: So on top of it, test.
1: <laughs> I mean, I give a lot of stock to people with longevity. I mean, I, I get Angela's point. There's a, a handful of names that, that I would throw out from ever being a part of the conversation because he's not the only person that failed an IPF or, uh, tested drug test that went to the U-tested site afterwards. But the longevity of 26 years of top level powerlifting is something barely anyone can compete with in conversation. Mm-hmm. I would
0: agree with you on that one. I mean, that's pretty much... I mean, I think Hack, when he came on the show, talked about the longevity and why that makes, uh, in his opinion, Ed Cohen the greatest power lifter of all time. But he's... So I he would be always on my team, but he would just... From that, he just, I think, removes it from overall, like, that status because of the failed drug test. And that is, again, the USAPL IPF elitist in me, speaking. Because... Um, that that does that does matter especially modern with the powerlifters currently going tested untested and either hopping between feds
2: can i go on to pick number 2 and then basically take the person who didn't fail the drug test but should be the go yeah is it a shocker i'm going john hack you
0: bitch all right, that was that was definitely my <laughs> well, pick. What, who
2: else? Who else was I going to pick? It was going to be Ed Cohn and John Hack, one and two. I we could, already knew I that. Could,
0: was I could feel uh, uh, some other picks here, but yeah, you're a bitch for taking that. Um, well, yeah, because you're going Taylor Hatwood because you're trying to appeal to two white like fans. No, I wanted to take John Hack. That's what I wanted. This is the point of the draft. I, you I took my pick, and Hack. I'm pissed. I, yeah, I called you a bitch for taking my pick. This is this is great. This is just typical fantasy football type draft you're a bitch for taking my pick that's about it
1: it's a good pick look, i like look, it. that that's that's literally tom brady versus joe montana the the current person who's still breaking records versus the old head that people would argue didn't do it to the same competition or standard
2: kind of, which i do think is a relevant discussion because like i do not believe you can compare lebron james to bill russell if you put LeBron James back in the era with Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, he's doing the same thing if not more. I do think that's relevant. Like, I mean, not only is John Hack breaking all of the all-time records, he's doing it in the strongest era we've ever had in all powerlifting. Very true. I like that too. He did it in the IPF and was arguably one of the top 3 lifters in the IPF at the time. And it took forever. For Russ to eventually break it. Then he goes to untested, breaks the 181, the 198, and the 220 records. And in reality, the 242, I believe, because like his record at 220, I believe, is higher than the 242. Am I correct on that? Yes. So, um, and has like, I believe, the second highest dots all time. That's for wrapped or raw. And he did it raw. Belkin's the only one higher, and Belkin did it in wraps. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's a strong I think pick. Only, it's a strong pick. I, again, like, the, the, yeah, does, the only argument is longevity. It's how long it's What Which I, I, I actually say the Ed Cohen versus John Hack thing is more of the MJ and LeBron comparison. It's someone who is not that far from us, and also it's powerlifting too. It, like the type of sport matters because numbers are numbers. Weights are weights. So it actually can hold up for a really long time because – the weight didn't really change. I guess the rules might have changed. The competition might have changed. But it's not necessarily like the NBA in the 70s was different from the 90s. That is a very different thing. And in this case, it's it's comparable. Ed Cohen, the longevity, the weights he lifted are still marveled at. John Hack is the current guy destroying everything. That's why I think it's the MJ and LeBron debate because like, it's a little bit more recent and the numbers still kind of aligned to it. Uh, but I agree. I mean, I agree with everything yeah. you're saying, Steve. Joe.
1: I mean, numbers are numbers, but you have to give credit, and this is where Hack's good, at unprecedented feats. I mean, his 181 at 2K was unbelievable. Mm. And, but again, similar to the 4-minute mile, not long after he did it, Blake LeHue did it. It's still no less incredible, but... I, I genuinely think Blake being able to do it was because John – someone did it first, and I was like, oh, this is possible. And then he went on to beat that total. So, I mean, that's where Ed and John really separate themselves as they were doing things long before anyone else thought that was possible in those weight classes.
0: Yeah, the IPF and USAPL thing's huge to me too because I compete in the 83-kilo weight class, and – it's still a number that people kind of look at. They want to beat Hacks old total because he did that in what, 2016, 2017? That's a while ago to hold. That's a long time to hold a record. And Russ just recently broke it, but we're all still kind of around that total, like the second best guys around that total. And he goes on. And it also the number that he hit, because I think the comparison between him and Atwood currently, the number he hit was back at a time where no one was even coming close to that number. Like, him and Gibbs were the two, like, overall best lifters. And you had Hack reign supreme, then he goes untested, wins everything, wins all the money meets, breaks all the records, holds records in weight classes he doesn't even belong in. He's, yeah. A great pick, Steve. It pains me to say it, but congratulations, you lucky bastard, getting second overall pick. Thank you, sir. Don't Let's
2: move has- on.
3: Solana, <laughs> third, pick. All right, third pick. All Third pick. My first pick. I'm going with Yuri Belkin. All right. I'm yeah. I'm taking him. I mean, 27 all-time world records. Um, competing since 2008, so longevity is there. Still has the all-time world record in 100k kilo since 2019 for total. So and second best delif in one-time weight class. A lot of compliments. I'm taking him. I think that's a solid
0: pick. Did he ever... Now, did he fail an IPF test? Or did he just go
2: untested? I don't remember. He was IPF. I don't think he did. I I think he was an IPF lifter that then legitimately switched the right way. Yeah. But, I'm just going to say, he's from Russia. Do we trust (laughs) that anyone from Russia has never... Has been completely clean competing in any Olympic-style sport? Well... If there's proof,
0: if there's no proof, that's all the proof I need. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, it sucks, it, but that's it for it's me. the proof. If it doesn't come up, but, I mean, it's not
2: history. You can't compare, though. I mean, in the IPF, I think his best single-ply total is just barely more eh, – am I right on this? He, he obviously gained strength going untested. That's oh, really? Say.
0: That's kind of crazy. I wouldn't expect that. Like a lot <laughs> of his.
2: Okay. So it looks <laughs> like, yeah. So it looks like in 20... 2014 was his last IPF meet and he hit 2298. And then after that, he left and started doing, well, WRPF, which was around back in 2016. And then GPA and then IPL Worlds. He hit a 2491 single ply in an untested Fed in Russia back in 2016. So it's, it's very possible that between 2014 and 16, he, he legitimately did. Uh, I do see, though, he did FPR, which was the Russia meet. He did have a DQ. That looks like it was a bomb out, though. That doesn't look like it was a DQ for a drug test, though. So, yeah, I don't think he ever failed a drug test. I think he legitimately switched over. Um, and then eventually he has out totaled his single ply and wraps by ov- almost 70 pounds. It looks like, so yeah,
3: yeah I mean, for a while lo- until, until Hack
2: came around, he was the dude to beat. Like it was just like the Yuri Belkin money meat shows. He, he took it every single time. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was kind of like, he was kind of one of the first, True like freaks of modern day powerlifting, I think, in the sense of like what we look at the format of just people winning these big uh, coefficient
1: score money meets. And to be fair, it could come back to be the Yuri Belkin money meet once every restrictions or if they ever restrictions drop where Russian athletes can come back to the States and compete. I mean, he the only reason we haven't seen Yuri is because of COVID and then all of the political unrest right now. I mean, for all, like, obviously his, his dots numbers aren't where hacks are, but you never know what could happen at a head to head. If mm-hmm. Yuri can come back to the state side and compete. He hasn't been the same though in a while. His deadlift has not
2: like he he struggles to deadlift over 900. Now it seems like <laughs> fairly um. often when he does it in actual, like full power meet, like it's like low nines where before he was going like mid nines. I don't know. It was his squat that honestly started blowing up. Cause at big dogs, he almost, he tried to squat a thousand pounds. Um, but his last full meet, in wraps, he only squatted 804. I'm not saying he couldn't come over and be the Yuri Belkin show again, but I, I do feel like he might be a little past his prime. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, longevity. You're talking longevity 2008 all the way to 2022. Um, dude's been doing it a long time, which we've talked about. Like, if you look at longevity, it's almost all the people that tend to start natural and then switch over when the time is right versus just hopping on gear from the get-go and uh, thinking that's going to carry them to promised land. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, really, with these first three picks here, that's probably the overall consensus minus, like, a few of the USAPL lifters um, with John Hack kind of, like, crossing that out. I think Ed Cohen, John Hack, Yuri Belkin, pretty much what you would expect, top three for most people. Yep.
3: And let's go with number four.
0: All right, number four. So I actually get a little bit of an advantage here because I get to pick first next time. So I actually get to take... Two picks two in a here. row. Um, all right. I'm going to go Taylor Atwood for number four. Taylor Atwood, th- he does not have the longevity, I think, of Ed Cohn, Yuri Balkan. John Hack, I still think, has more of the pass accolades. But Taylor Atwood hit 838 and a half in 74. And I don't see any 74 kilo lifter getting even close to that if your name's not Austin Perkins. And then from there, You get no one. You get no one even coming relatively close. The Chase 800 was something that was a story in powerlifting about two or three years ago. Two lifters hit it. One was Taylor Atwood, and he fucking nuked it. He totaled, I think, 810 when he did it. Perk did total 800, but it's a kind of iffy 800. It was at Midland. I don't really like those college meets that are judged by the people in the college I just don't like that and then the other two were Ricky and Michael C and they didn't really come relatively close to 800 so I think Taylor Atwood and then you know past world's world championships national championships included he has the accolades he has the records and I don't think any lifter in the 74 kilo weight class is going to come relatively close to those numbers in the next 10 years. Aside from Austin Perkins, and if Taylor Atwood doesn't exist, Austin Perkins, the second place guy, probably would be somewhere on this list too as one of the greatest power lifters of all time simply because he's so far ahead of the field. It's 838, 800, and then a bunch of people at 750 to 760. It's ridiculous how much ahead he is of people. And he's in the current greatest powerlifting generation, especially in drug tested that we've ever seen. And he's mopping the floor with people totaling 790. And that's 40 kilos below his best meat. And he's still winning IPF world's best overall lifter.
2: And he has the untested record as well. On a stiff bar. 838 is the record of all powerlifting regardless. But I'm going to be honest. I would not put him in my top four and there's a very specific reason. And this year solidified it. The 838 is arguably one of the greatest performances of all time. I'm not denying that Taylor has one issue though. And that is he has these great performances and then we get a year or two of downtime because of injuries. If you, if you think about sports, if you had a person with a 15 year career, but every other year they had a down year because of injuries, could you consider them the goat? I could,
0: just based on the accolades, not being hurt by the injuries. Like, the injured Taylor Atwood still is the best in his weight class and still the best overall lifter. I mean, it wasn't always the case. I mean, mean, Hack was the best overall lifter before Atwood. That's why I think the Hack pick was a fantastic pick. Um, And then, say, I mean, even you go male-female, there was other lifters who had those insane formula scores, but he still has those accolades, and even with a 790 total. With his 790 total in 2019 that he totaled at Worlds, he would still probably be in a lot of people's GOAT lists because of how crazy that number was. Now it's like a number that's kind of shoot away, and that's because he totaled something unprecedented and ridiculous that we didn't think a 74 lifter would ever total. And he did it relatively easily, too. I mean, we are talking about that performance, but he has the accolades, the past accolades, I think, to back it up. I thought about that. It was my number one thought, but I think the past accolades do um, negate those.
3: Yeah, and I also think, like, if you are injured and still beating everyone, (laughs) that kind of says everything right there.
2: He is beating everyone, but it's I'm trying to think of a good, I don't want to say Bo Jackson because Bo Jackson was hurt way more than Taylor Atwood, but like Bo Jackson, like we all knew on his a game probably could have been the greatest running back of all time. Mm -hmm. If he could have stayed healthy would have been the greatest running back of all time, but he necessarily, he couldn't, but I don't want to make that full comparison because Taylor actually did kind of have that year where Bo never really truly had that year. I don't know. I'm not, not denying Taylor is unreal. It's just that like, He's had too many down years due to injury for me to likely put him in that first round, in my opinion.
1: Okay. See, and to add to what Steve said, I, I think the longevity just needs to be there for me as well to get him round one. I mean, if I was picking my, my current, like who I'd want to build a team with like fantasy football, Taylor Outwood I think would be the number one overall pick for everyone because he's still in really his prime. Mm. Just dealing he's, with Christian, injuries. he's
2: Christian. He's Christian McCaffrey. Like you yes, want to take him that, and, and score three eighty, or do you want to take him and he's going to be on your IR all year?
1: Yeah, but it, it's, exactly. So like,
0: but but at the same time, like he's st- like he's still total seven ninety with him being in, on the IR technically, right? We would have to come up with the scoring how you do it with powerlifting. But he won IPF World's Best Overall
2: Lifter at his weight class. That's like the number one thing you could did, possibly but, do. He did, but he's he's like a running he's a running back with a little bit of an injury risk. He is a former running back.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. So that analogy kind of hits pretty. Uh, I I understand these arguments. I get them. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you on I, I I. But I do think the injury thing is more reserved for other lifters. I don't want to. I mean, I guess I could. Right. I would say Jesse Norris is more of a Bo Jackson type. We saw flashes of how amazing yeah, Jesse there. Norris is. Like Taylor Atwood is. I don't think is as not, injury prone and has
2: the has longevity still there. We're going to have some people in the next in the coming rounds that I would just, would, I could make a very good argument that I think they could be above him. And we'll see, we'll see if he gets taken before. I I got one person in particular. He's going to be my pick. Uh, if no one takes him <laughs> in the next two picks. Yeah, we shall Mike, see. We, we Angela, you can go ahead. Pick your next USAPL lifter.
0: Well, hold on. I mean, that was a great <laughs> first round. It was a fantastic first round. And it was just as good as Lar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftlarbros.com and use promo code 2WL15, Orc15, Solana15, and save yourself some money on the best lifting merchandise there is. From head to toe, they make you look great. They got the dad hats. They got t-shirts galore. They even have cutoffs. They got joggers. They got socks. They make you look fantastic in the gym, outside the gym. On the platform, they got the best competes, in my opinion. Outside the platform as well, they do it all. Follow them on Instagram as well and check out the Left Lar Bros family. Grow tons of great athletes. They sponsor a ton of meets. They're outfitting a whole lot of lifters. Definitely check them out. Use promo code 2WL15. And there's still two white lights merchandise on Left Lar Bros. This dad hat that I am wearing currently, you can find on leftlarbros.com. So use those promo codes. Make three separate purchases. Orc15, Solana15, and 2WL15. You're supporting us all if you do that. All right. My next pick, and I'm actually very scared to make this pick now. I'm starting to get a little bit anxious because I got two people. (laughs) I got two people I want to pick. The person who I think is a fantastic value pick, this is where the strategy comes in, is the value pick. First, the person who I actually want to pick. If we're talking longevity, though, I'm going to pick Kim Walford. Kim Walford has how many world championships? Too many to count? Seven. The most battle-tested lifter possibly of all time. And still doing it, still doing it at a high level. Kim Walford's my pick. I thought Solano, you were going to take her. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to take her. I'm a little bit surprised I got her in my second round. But I actually think she's the best female lifter longevity-wise of all time. Definitely tested in my opinion. Is there any disagreement from any of you that that's
2: wrong? Jen could be the only one, but I think Kim has, I I might be wrong on this. I I don't know which one. I I mean, Jen has more world championships because she has bench only ones too. I don't know which one has more open world championships because I am not that good of a historian, but Kim in the grand scheme of things is more competitive in current day and has more recent IPF titles, as well as the longevity, compared to Jen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any argument can be made about, like, the the, the goat of USAPL women is, is Kim. I don't think I can even make an argument against that.
0: I was actually kind of flip-flopping between Taylor Atwood and her that's going first overall pick, mainly because, I mean, you can't really argue with all the world championships that she had, and it's they're not... I don't know, not have a whole lot of more walkthroughs, and now she's still currently battling it out with the best. Um, but I got fourth pick, so I got the actual kind of advantage here of getting two straight picks. That's the advantage there. So, yeah, I'm going with Kim. First female taken, I think a uh, strong argument made uh, best female powerlifter of all time, regardless of untested or tested. It looks like Jen has
3: three open championships and the rest the
2: other eight are bench okay yeah i mean it's or seven what, I mean, are bench
3: and one's masters sorry good
2: yeah i don't know if i can really even argue too much there's not really too many things i can say against kim because she's just kind of done it she's the most clutch deadlifter of all time um yeah i mean the, o- the only argument i can say against her is she doesn't hold any of the current open world records there are people that are stronger than her now um, but obviously, she was doing it before her time. She's done it on multiple weight classes. Um, like I said, the only argument against her, because I think in 10 years, we could see her drop down on that list for the reason that I, if we have longevity from some of our current world champions, um, they're putting up numbers that Kim hasn't been able to touch.
3: She still has a world record for 148. But um, I do agree. I mean, I'm curious to see how strong she gets in this new weight class. 'Cause she didn't really fill it out fully this year. So I think she could start to uptick a little bit, but I do have to agree I don't see her like winning the seventy six with the competition she has.
0: And also, yeah. I want to say, suck it, Steve Denovi. Technically, not a USAPL lifting pick.
3: Oh my
0: god. was no. yeah, she VL. She was is. in
2: she was in the USAPL. So John
0: Hacks a USAPL for pick? a very
2: long time. He You're is a and an IPF. Yes. Pick? Yes, I am saying John Hack is a semi-USAPL pick as well. Whatever, suck it, Steve. <laughs> I got it. Kim is a USAPL pick.
0: <laughs> I don't think she would like you guys saying right. that. I'm just gonna go on record. She probably won't enjoy that. Not, not, not the, not the greatest not. relationship, from my understanding. But all right, all right, Kim Solana, next pick.
3: All right. Well, I'm taking Jen. Jen Thompson is purely like longevity. Um, she had 11 World Championships, even though we decided seven are bench, one Masters, three Open. Um, I think what really pushes her over for me is even though she's, she's not going to be winning IPF Worlds again for, like, Open, I don't think ever. But, like, the fact that she came into um, Nationals this year and, like, bested her best ever total is, like, kind of crazy to me. Like, she's still going up numbers-wise. And I thought she was never going to best her best total again. Because last year was rough. She went, like, seven for nine in most meets. And sometimes six for nine. So, I have to pick her.
2: I, Jen is incredible. But, again, we're, we're purposely being argumentative here. Because this isn't fun if we aren't. I don't think if she had the bench she had, if she just had the total, we would be talking about her. Like, let's say she had the exact same total, the exact same total, but it was more evenly distributed. She probably isn't being picked at that point. I think her bench and the amazingness of her bench carries her a bit too much in the sense of the GOAT debate.
3: I think it makes it better. She's the only woman benching anything near
2: this. If we're talking bench goat, yes, but we're talking total. We're talking power lifter. Not bench. If we're talking bench, she's probably one of the first three picks. I'm talking powerlifter. She's an amazing power lifter, but is she the sixth best power lifter of all time?
1: Mm. Currently, right now, no, Pested. but if you if you look at what she was doing when she really first got into it she was the one of the best, if not the best Maddie powerlifter of all time, not just including her bench. It, the, the big thing is, is the longevity is there to where she's still at a competitive level, getting podium at Ron hats where the competition. Yes. is caught up. But if you look at what she did, when she really was in her primer peak, I think that puts her in the argument of this category. I don't know if I'd pick her the second round, but I definitely think she deserves to be on this list. Oh yeah, for sure. She deserves she to be on, on this list. It's just that
2: where I, I'm, I'm saying she's higher on this list because of her bench, but we're not talking about bench.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do like Solana's argument, though, because I think if this recent mega nationals didn't happen, this performance, she would still be within these rounds and picked in the draft. I just saw no second round, but still getting podium position at a ultra competitive weight class at this age and what he's done definitely earned some points in my book like i was amazed to see her on the podium i didn't know she was on the podium until i saw the podium positions i'm like holy shit she was able to do it still like this is a very difficult thing and i mean her and like david ricks are the only people i know competing this competitively into this age so i i, I do think that I, that helps out of all the things we said she
2: may take more offense of comparing her age to dave ricks <laughs> i like, you know? Wait, I he's nuts.
0: I mean Hold on. What other female is Jen Tom I, I'm saying Dave
2: Ricks is Jen's competing. at late, her late forties. Dave Ricks, I think, is almost seventy. <laughs> he's
3: not almost he really
2: he's, not he's in his sixties. <laughs> hold on.
0: Jen, if you're listening, this is not my point that I was making. She is the she is clearly it's my point. in the female in the female division of powerlifting doing the most at the most advanced age. David Rick's is the male apparent to that, or, or the right. male uh, David the, Rick
2: sixty David Rick sixty two,
0: and yeah, David Rick okay, is the old bit. guy Seven, competing eight. at the high level, and she's a woman at an older age competing at that high level.
1: That's the comparison. I'm Angel, making. I was waiting for you to screw up. I was waiting for you to say old woman. Yeah, I was, like, I I was really that. waiting for you to screw up. That,
0: that Thompson so, punched that, me in the fucking that, face the next time I saw her. My <laughs> argument that
2: I'm gonna Ooh, I'm gonna throw made, in. My argument that I'll throw in for y Jen, she's one of the best competitors we've ever seen. She went, it was something, I forget the streak. It was something insane of how many meets in a row that she went unbeaten. And it's not always about total. It's about competing on the day and doing what you did on the day. And she was one of the best competitors in head-to-head matchups we've ever seen. Kim, well, Yeah, I
0: think her and Kim Walford, they had that comparison between the two. They just won head-to-head matchups and just kept on winning. Um, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that definitely holds more stock. But uh, Jen, by the way, I like Solana's pick. Steve didn't seem to like Solana's pick. So ignore all the shit that possibly could be attributed to me saying that you're old. And just focus all on Steve, all the negative things he said. I agreed. I, I agreed. agreed. I like Solana's pick. Steve, you're a dick. You, you are a dick. And <laughs> one thing I want to
1: point out to you, like,
3: it's kind of the same thing, but her best total besides this year was 2018 1103 this year she got 1106 so i think like four years later and you come back like no i i don't regret you jen i did not regret you being my second pick hashtag
0: friends. steve does all
2: right all right who's your well, pick, i'm steve? fine with that because you're leaving me with the person i would have picked third overall which is sergey fetishenko damn it uh, okay. you, Steve. <laughs> damn the only fuck knock steve. on sergey fetishenko is his weight class, but the fact of the matter is, he's also I think like three or four time best overall lifter of IPF worlds, regardless of his weight class. But here's the thing with Ferdi- Sergei Fedoshenko. no one's even gotten within like a hundred pounds of him in that weight class, and he does it not. O- he's not only the world champion every year he can compete because he couldn't compete this year in the 59 kilo class in the raw side. He's actually just as dominant in the single ply side and the world game side. I honestly think you could make an argument. Sergey Fedoschenko is better than Ed Hack and, or and, and Ed John Hack. And, uh, John, Hack,
0: John <laughs> Hack. Ed and Hack is Ed, the best Ed lifter Cohen. of all time.
2: <laughs> imagine, imagine those. Imagine those two combined. Sergey Sergey Fedoshenko is the best IPF lifter in history. This is a, the and biggest. I, I, I think it. I think that would be a very hard argument to make. Uh, argument against because not only has he done it for I don't know how many years. He's still the best in his weight class. Mm. It's not like you can say, oh, well, people have beat him now. It's, it's kind of an old – he's still the best by, like, over 50 kilos.
0: Yeah. This is the most Steve denovi pick Yeah, of that, that was. Time. This is like – this is – I have no Steve. argument.
2: Joey, I like you. That's why you're on here.
1: <laughs> well, I had no argument because that was my pick. So I'm more upset because I was, I was teed up to make that exact pick. It surprised uh, Angelo. So screw you, Steve. I'm on Angelo's side.
0: Yeah.
2: Hashtag Steve's. I mean, Sergey has out totaled second Steve's place more than Sergey Feduschenko has out total second place more than Taylor has out total second place. Yet he's in a weight class where yeah, the weight class totaling weight. less. So percentage wise, the amount he's out totaling second place is astronomical. Yeah, he's in the weight class. No, one, no one's even close to him.
0: No one really pays attention to.
2: That's the problem. But well, if you uh, take coefficient, if you take coefficient score, he still wins.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100 right. Just, he's in a way class. <laughs> like, if we, when we make this list and, and the fans vote it, it's going to hurt because people are going to be like, who the fuck is that? Sounds strong. With the name of Sergei Fedachenko, how can you go wrong with that? But they'll be like, uh, all right. Like, the IPF well, enthusiasts uh, would love it, but.
1: On top of it, he actually has the best uh, raw with raps total in raw, and he also has the best single ply total in 132s. So he has the best raw, classic raw, and single ply total of all time at one thirty two on the and tested untested. side, and untested. Correct, and untested. Yeah, he beat Richard Hawthorne
2: to wrap total in sleeps. Yeah. So literally everything, every every single possible record you could have, he has in that weight class. All right. I, if I could it's drop my fix. mic without unplugging, yeah. no, I do one,
0: it. no one, no yeah. one, no one's disagreeing <laughs> with you, Steve. It's just been, it's just.
2: Well, no, I'm just trying to rub it in because he should have been in the first round, yet someone else decided to take someone. Oh, yeah.
0: Who, uh, who could have? I'm going to I'm just going to take a 74 keel lifter on principle every single time. <laughs> because, all right. You know, all right, what? Joey, hey, hold, on, go hold ahead. on. Hold on really quick. I want to get this out there because I'm positive. Sergey Fedotenko does not listen to two white lights. We don't have a whole lot of Russian lifters. There's no one who competes at 40, 59 kilos anyways. It's a small fucking weight class, and there's not a lot of guys there. I'm going to take the that would, be, that's that's, that's would be That would be a not, legitimate argument that's if not. he
2: didn't out-coefficient score everyone, too. If he didn't out-coefficient score everyone, I would agree. But the fact of the matter is, is I believe he's been the best overall lifter because no one and Raw World. Well, no one exists. No one else has done that.
0: No one exists at 59 kilos, because once you start lifting weights, you don't be 59 kilos for long. You're eventually in two weight classes above that, and that's 74 kilos. That's where it starts. That's where, like, the powerlifting kind of starts almost for me. Now 66 kilos are jacked as all belief. But, I mean, there a lot of them are is waiting to happen. But that's my knock on it. And, yeah, I'll be insulting to Sergey Fedachenko. i just positive he doesn't listen to Two White Lights. So it's a cowardly move on my end, but I'm going to do it. All right, Joey.
1: All right, I'm going to flip the script and go the exact opposite weight range, and I'm going to go Ray Williams. Uh,
0: nice. That's I a good a pick. I have a
1: hard time. So, I mean, my argument for Ray, he, a 1,000-pound squat in sleeves on a stiff bar, he's really brought power me to ESPN. He's done it for nine years. He's only technically lost twice in his entire career, and one was a DQ based on injury, and the other was in 2014 to Blaine Sumner. He's won every meet. I understand right now there's a little bad taste because we haven't gotten the Jesus for Ray battle. But to be honest, he's still to this point has the biggest natty total ever. Now, Jesus probably could have and should have beat that and will beat that. But as of right now, Ray Williams is still the king of total. And as much talk about coefficients, I still think you have to put into consideration the biggest natty total that's ever happened.
2: Yeah, and I, I think one thing too is like I there's a lot of like you got Andre Milanichev, you got Dan Bell, you've got some others who who have fought for these these the the top total of all time. I don't think you can take them before Ray, because Ray has totaled more than them in sleeves, tested. I consider I can I, until Jesus is going to beat it, but until Jesus beats it, Ray's twenty four fifty two is the greatest performance in powerlifting history.
0: Salana, I think by facial expression alone, have... you have the most uh, disagreement here. So you got you got to give us it.
3: I hear you, and like it's true. Like he brought us to ESPN. And he's done so much for the sport. It's just hard for me to call him a goat. Like, it's just because, like, he's just been going downhill for so long now. <laughs> I'm like, is he really a goat? Because we were, he got that total, which is about to be beat by a lot down
1: downhill. It was his the, the 24 52 was only three meets ago. He's just been he hasn't competed in three years.
0: Well, he's out of Virginia Pro, no, he's, it's he did, he's done he did Virginia Pro,
3: he did the pro last year.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I think we, we probably likely all agree he's probably not going to beat that total again, mainly because of the injury he has, I think, with his SI joint. But for a super heavyweight, he actually had a decently long reign. I was going to say that. That's not uncommon. I was going to say that. for Most super heavy, most heavyweights have like a meet, and then that's it, they're done. Honestly, probably because he's on the tested side of powerlifting, he was able to do it over like a three or four year span where we saw consistent progression. Usually it was the Arnold we saw that progression because we always knew his Nationals went down because Nationals was in the middle of football season and then Worlds he had to travel. So we saw the Arnold in particular, but there was consistent progression for a little while until he just kind of hit the injury bug as well as the the, the issue with Worlds with the weight loss. I don't know. I, I still consider his performance the greatest of all time. His 1080 squat, I still think, is the single greatest lift of all time. While that shouldn't make you the GOAT, the fact is his deadlift was incredible too. And that's why he was actually able to be a goat.
0: Mm. Well, it's a recency bias. And he was
2: the face of the sport for at least three years too. I mean, he was the face of powerlifting.
0: Yeah, it's a recency bias thing, I think, with Ray. I think maybe if he, he calls yeah. it a career of 2019, we're not saying this, but he didn't call it a career, still try to compete And the longevity with the super heavyweight is really difficult. I mean, the amount of weight that he had to lift, the amount of bench presses, the squats that he has to take, and then on top of that, a monster deadlift there too, it takes a toll on a lifter. So we don't know what Jesus' future lies for him. He looks about as primed to be one of the GOATs as any lifter right now. But as it stands, Ray Williams has the accolades, has the records, has the performances. And you're absolutely right on that, Steve. He was... The guy in powerlifting for about five years. He was the guy... Like a guy like me who was dabbling in powerlifting. I knew Ray Williams. I saw him on ESPN. I saw a guy squat 1,000 pounds. He was kind of reaching a mainstream audience because he was so good. And, he, and it wasn't like... He was winning on Formula, too. When you go to Wilkes, he was winning USAPL meets best overall on Formula. So... I knew, I knew some eyebrows were be raised on that one, but you also have the advantage of picking next, though, Joey.
1: Exactly. So my next pick, I'm going to go Mariana Gasparian, the highest dots in classic raw powerlifting by any gender. 709 dots, the only person who has ever dot 700. She also still has the second best raw dots um, just behind Christy Hawkins. On top of it, she did two different weight classes, and, again, the longevity is there, competed from 2013 up until last year at the Kern, where she retired after, again, winning another money meet.
2: I hate you. You paid, yeah, you paid me back <laughs> for taking I thought Mariana should have been in that fifth to sixth range. Uh, I mean, she's the greatest female untested lifter. If Kim is the greatest tested, Mariana's the greatest untested.
0: Any pushback from any so, of us on this pick? Because no. I, I, I mean, the only she, she,
2: she, only pushback with Mariana, the only one I can give you, I felt like some of the lists were suspect sometimes. I felt like the entire Kern performance was
0: a
3: bit suspect. I was about to say, yeah, that's just the Kern, period.
0: But that's kind of choosing
1: an untested lifter. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of the point. See, I'll actually give the only actual other argument for the lifter I picked is that she arguably ran from Steffi by dropping a weight class without announcing it on what was supposed to be one of the biggest women's head-to-head battles on the untested side. So that was the only reason I didn't pick her earlier was because in the one time – and she would have beat Steffi, but the one time she was supposed to go head-to-head with Steffi, she dropped weight without announcing it. And didn't tell anyone other than the meat director that she was dropping a weight class.
0: Which is exactly what I'm talking about, as far as like a very suspect thing that I don't like. Like, you cannot do that in the IPF and USAPL. You can't just surprise, I'm in a different weight class. And do it like you, you have to declare your weight class just so there's none of this fuck shit going on. And that's, I guess, my only knock against her, but. I mean she did it I think it's within the rules too I don't think there's a rule stating it so it's not like she cheated or anything it was just that it was just kind of the principle and how it should be a rule there's a reason oh, why it was the more than director who was
2: breaking the rule by hiding it yeah I mean but yeah I mean I think my only knock on Mariana is just the fact that there were some suspect lifts that like I remember she, when she broke the raw I think it was a tribute meet. She broke the raw record. That deadlift was a little iffy uh, in the lockout. I mean, that's the only thing I could give. But the fact of the matter is, if you take away that, I mean, she's pretty far and away the greatest of all time on the untested side for women.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and retired too. So you kind of don't have like anything recent to say about her um, as far as performances go. Kind of retired on top there. All right, Steve, what do you got cooking for us?
2: All right. With this pick, I'm going to guarantee that I will not win any two white lights voting. Good. I already picked Sergei Fedoshenko. This one will really guarantee it. But the fact of the matter is, is anyone that knows anything about powerlifting knows that this person could very well be top five if you're truly talking about the history. And that is Laura Phelps. Yeah, pick. yeah that's a good that's a great pick.
0: I don't think the greatest I, yeah, we multi-ply don't
2: have... lifter ever, and it's not even close.
0: Well, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you really quick, Steve. If you listen to episodes one through 15 of Two White Lights, you might get some votes here from our true and faithful fans when we had Bane on and he was a big multiply guy and loves Laura Phelps. But 15 episodes to 180, probably not.
2: So there's probably a lot of people listening that has no idea who I'm talking about. You might know her as queen B power. She just coaches. Now she retired in 2014. She was the greatest multi-ply lifter of all time. Uh, Not even close the men, female, female. She has every single record. She has record in multiple weight classes. Uh, highest dots of all time. If you're just taking any, I mean, obviously you're gonna dots more and multiply than you're gonna do in, in wraps. But 795 dots, which is the lar- the highest dot score ever, and I'd argue like, I mean, someone I have of possible picks that we could talk about is Dave Hoff. But my issue with Dave Hoff is the standards he's doing it in are absolute garbage because Multiply has gotten terrible. Laura Phelps at least competed back in a time where there was maybe a little bit more standard in Multiply. I'm not saying she was squatting IPF depth, but there was a little bit more standard back then before it just got absolutely ridiculous. But I mean, she it, it's not even close if you're talking Multiply. And the fact of the matter is, is yeah, if you, if you started watching powerlifting three years ago, you have no idea that Multiply is what was powerlifting for a good 20 years. And Laura Phelps was the greatest powerlifter in the world during that time for that entire time. What egg cone was to, you can say single ply powerlifting since he mainly did single ply and multiply. Laura Phelps was the egg cone of the women's side, if not better than egg cone.
0: Really the only counter for me is multiply lifting. And you kind of countered that argument with, it was set in a, in an era where it was just a better standard. Like, Current Multiply stuff, I, yeah, I think is garbage, and I think the standard has completely dropped, and also the equipment got ridiculous on top of that, too. That's where my knowledge of like history kind of fails, is I don't know exactly when the equipment got really good, because that actually, to me, matters, because we were comparing records for people who were doing, you know, where Titan Singlet was about the same support you get, um, from their uh, more support than you get from like in the 1990s and 1980s. That's where the recent multiply stuff. Like you're not probably not going to see a multiply lifter on my list because of that.
2: Laura Phelps would probably be she, my I only mean, exception. She, the, she's not. She's not the Ed Cone where like she was in the multi-plot. Ed Cone was like yeah. in like the the crappy gear that really wasn't doing. She was in multiplot. There she wasn't in some like barely supportive gear. But to me, it just doesn't matter because again for her time period from like, I mean, if you're talking like 1990 to 2015 when Multiply was powerlifting, um, she was, she was the best. Ed Cone was before that time. Ed Cone was more of the seventies and eighties. I believe if you're talking nineties and early 2000s, it was all Laura Phelps. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Any other thoughts on Laura Phelps from the uh, gallery?
1: No, I had her on my list. I wasn't going to pick her this early, so I honestly think it's kind of a steal. I thought she was going to be hanging around near the end of the draft, and I thought I was going to be the one surprised by picking her. So, uh, yeah, Steve, just – I don't know if it's a reach or a steal, but it definitely was earlier than I was expecting. It's a steal in the sense of truly what is powerlifting.
2: It's a reach in the sense of if you did a most draft with most people. uh, If Joey wasn't in this, I bet she wasn't going to get picked. If if I had I could have picked her the last pick overall I bet.
3: Oh yeah. All right. Okay, it's my turn. Yes, it is. <laughs> you can tell blatant recency bias, and I'm young, but I'm going with someone who's not been around super long, but does have the second highest total overall, and that's Hunter Henderson. Oh. Ah. So I'm going with Hunter. Second best total, period. Overall, her Dots is six, was it 687 for wraps. Um, it's freaking huge. She keeps improving, meet to meet. I do think the one, like a big knock, I will say, but it's just, it's just the Kern. Like, I did watch some squats. I was like, are those to death? I'm not sure. Okay. But they counted. <laughs>
0: All right, Solana, on this one, I might give you way more pushback because Samantha Rice just beat Hunter Henderson.
1: At oh, recently? Recently? Yeah, yeah, at, at hybrid. <laughs> at, at, hybrid that, at hybrid.
0: I mean, Hunter Henderson probably oh, yeah, was on did. that trajectory to get there, but Samantha, this is not a knock toward – I mean, Samantha Rice is unbelievable, and she deserved that victory, and it was an amazing. It was one of the best female battles that we've seen. And me and Steve comment uh, commented for that. Or commentated for that, but that like right now, I think Samantha Rice is the person to beat, and Hunter Henderson I think is kind of turning her attention else, elsewhere, and that's where it really hurts her as far as goat status.
2: Yes and no. Here's the thing with Hunter and why I, I would not have picked her here. She is in the goat status if you're just talking raps. I don't know if Samantha Hunter's a rap lifter. All of, when you're talking about where she's comparing in the the top. It's when she's in raps. She's not quite as accomplished of a raw lifter. And that's where Samantha beat her. I don't know if Sam can beat her in raps because Hunter gets a crap ton out of raps. And that's where she's second all time, dots-wise, to Mariana. But that goes back if I'm if I'm talking goats, like and that's the reason I chose Sergey Fedasianko is because he's doing it in multiple things. Laura Phelps did it in multiple weight classes. John did it in multiple weight classes and multiple federations. Hunter, I think. In the sense of raft division is a goat of female powerlifting. But if we're talking the entirety, which we are, I do, I, I think
1: that maybe was a little early. I will say she is pro, she is, in my opinion, the best female rap squatter that exists to Steve's point. I've never seen someone get quite it. She gets as much as raps as your Jim Bro. You hear about talking about those get a hundred pounds out of raps. It's always a lie. Hunter's is real. Her her rap squad is is over a hundred pounds higher than her best sleep squat. And honestly, I arguably think she squats deeper and wraps and she doesn't sleeps.
2: I agree. I thought, I thought hybrid, it was high. And I thought actually at the meet she just did recently, she was actually deeper, uh, she, she, yeah, that's what I said. I mean, she is, she is a goat of wraps, uh, lifting her wrap squat. is like, she's putting on a suit with how much she gets out of it.
0: I say yep. a really hot pick. <laughs> if it was, Late 2020, early 2021. But because of her last two meets being a loss Mariana and a loss Samantha Rice, like that actually does knock her down a bit. I mean, her numbers still speak for themselves. They're still, you know, all time great. And yeah, when you put her in wraps too, she becomes a much better lifter. Um, But that's just, that's just kind of what I see. And granted, I, her career is kind of ahead of her. From what we've seen, but at the same time, I know the aspirations are currently being um, Miss Olympia. Am I am I wrong about that? Is that her next thing she's doing or is there a powerlifting me in the horizon?
1: I think she's actually back into powerlifting full time right now. I think she put bodybuilding actually on a hold after getting her pro card, to my understanding. Good. Um, I think she's actually in powerlifting right now. She just did a meet, and I think she's trying to continue to build up. I don't know if she'll make 165 again. She's massive right now. Um, yeah. I think she's a 181 for the foreseeable yeah. future. But, um, I mean, she, the realistic thing is her. there's a new wave of uh, powerlifters becoming very good bodybuilders, and she's in that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we've seen that recently. And, I mean, definitely 181 is the weight class for her. I mean, if you guys want to pull up the side-by-side of – me interviewing her at the hybrid. Not to my best look. Uh, you know, Ryan Lappert that talks about getting out angled by Marissa. And this was not even close. People are like, Oh, she's out angling you. No. I'm like, Nope, not angling me. She is just a bigger human being than me. She has more muscle on her body. She is more muscular than I am. No angles here. I, she is truly bigger and I am smaller. Um, so you can understand where the bodybuilding background or the bodybuild, the aspirations for bodybuilding makes sense for her. um, all right. My pick for number four. Ooh, I'm having a hard time with this one. But I do get the advantage of back-to-back picks here, right? Gotta love being yep. 4
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, God. All right, this one's it's really so, it's hard. Gonna, it's, this one's really hard. It's going to start getting hard now. Yeah, it's going it, to get really hard now. Yeah, all right, it, this one's especially hard because it's kind of like more of a fan thing as opposed to maybe the logic. But I'm going to go Dan Bell. So an 82 and a half kilo lifter. Nope. Oh, okay. Dan Bell. I'm going to go Dan Bell. I could go Milanichev here too. But I'm going Dan Bell because I love Dan Bell. Dan Bell is a
2: fucking man. I, Dan Bell's in a maroon. I think you have to pick Dan. I think you have to pick Dan Bell over Milanichev because the only argument for Milanichev is the fact that for a super heavyweight, he had good longevity. But Dan Bell is doing that too. Uh, and he has a higher total. I mean, he, Dan Bell is the, the best untested super heavyweight of all time. And not just because he had one good meet, but he's been doing it multiple meets in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I think the raw, raw, raw with wraps, I think he's done a few single ply meets in between there too. Dan Bell is that I think actually when he competes, the star of the show. He's up there with John Hack and Jamal Browner, which is a very hard thing to do. When they're at meets, Dan Bell is one of the main eventers, and it's for a good reason. He's that damn good. He has that many records. He has he has the total. He has the big lifts. He's not just a squat guy. He's an all-three-lifts kind of guy. It's a marvel to watch him compete. Um, in my estimation, the best untested super heavyweight of all time.
3: Everyone lets see a big total. And you're right. He literally like he's a squatter and Benjamin deadlitter. That's like the best for a super heavyweight. <laughs>
2: the, the only knock I have on him is he, he too often, he gets some of these biggest totals at these random weird local meets. Now he's done it also at some bigger meets, but a, a couple times too often he's done this at random local meets. And I don't love that.
0: Yeah. And, but I, I would say a, he doesn't really hide. Either from like, because I think it's really, it would be really easy for him just to compete in the APF because I know Florida is really big in the APF, and just n- never do the big meets, and he does all the big meets. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bump him up points for actually doing them, and it's harder to replicate your totals at big meets. Is.
2: I I agree because I mean, for the most part, he's done big meets more lately. His his raw. Because he holds the raw record. He beat Ray Williams. That was at an RPS meet, And that was the one I thought was a little bit more suspect. But since then, I mean, he did that 26.06 at hybrid showdown, which was solid. I mean, that, there was no arguments on that one.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and the real, I, I know for a fact, Dan right now, if there's not money involved. He's not competing. So like, he just competed in Florida at technically a local meet, but there was cash on the line. So at this point, I think if he's doing a, a smaller local meet, it's because there's a cash prize. And to be honest, I think he's just trying to clean up house, um, which is why you're also seeing that all the big meets he's in he's it to try to uh, win money. And if there's not money on the line, I don't know if you're going to see Dan on the platform.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Dan Bell is my pick there. Um, a very popular pick, just as popular of obsidian ammonia smelling salts ladies and gentlemen go to hypedust.com and get yourself some smelling salts steve do you have some by you do you want to just take a little whiff
2: here? i have not tried i have not tried i tried the tampon nose bleach yeah mm-hmm. uh, solana you weren't on this one last time i determined i actually like this one a lot it's, it's it's a nice it's a nice uh a soft whiff it doesn't it doesn't hit you as hard in a good way it's a little bit more controllable i have not tried this one uh, oh my gosh yeah, do <laughs> it. I, I didn't even, I didn't even try and sniff it. I just opened it. I'm scared. I actually remember when I took this one out of the bag. I sniffed the bag, and I actually thought my nose started bleeding. All right, put the tampon
0: in once the nose starts bleeding. Let's
2: do it. Oh my
0: yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. That is obsidian ammonia smelling salts, ladies and gentlemen.
2: I barely. I didn't <laughs> even. I was just breathing,
0: and like, I didn't even get it close to me. So far from you. All right. Use that promo yes. code. Two WL-15. Good Lord. If you guys like some strong smelling salts oh. and they differ in ranges. Just Why is this being a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're only doing it too. I said I was going to do it. I've never have. Um, I, but I compete. So I got to actually like save the, uh, you know, I don't want to get too used to smelling salts and just do them randomly on a podcast. You will not get used to that. That was, <laughs> that was
2: pungent beyond belief.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you go to hypedust.com, they, they range in strength as well. Like Steve said, they have different strengths. This might be the
2: strongest, Steve. Would you say? That's that one right there is the strongest I've ever smelled in my life. Okay. Uh, again, I'm going I actually like the little tampon one because I can control it a bit more. That one was so strong that like I don't even know how I could like control sniffing that one.
0: All right. Well, go to Hypedust.com. Use that promo code 2WL15. Check out all the merchandise they have. They're at a ton of meets. They are an awesome brand that gives back to the sport. So remember, promo code 2WL15, Hypedust.com. And for my fourth pick, I'm going Russ Orhe. I just guarantee it. I win, right? God.
2: I win. I su- fucking win. It's not, a tar- <laughs> it's not a bad pick. No, its isn't. We're literally doing that just just to, you, you are you doing s- that though, just to get the fan vote. You say you that just guaranteed it. You say that. No, you are. You. you we that. all know you are. I can't think Stop of another person. smiling while you are saying. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you are literally smiling while you are trying to explain this. You I liar. Can't think Italian of another person.
0: Crook. <laughs> you, I can't think of another person. I had put on this list for my fourth pick, which, by the way, you like. What I, I made sure to make it a point that I picked Dan Bell third and Russ Orhee fourth. So I'm making that a point. I didn't pick Russ Orhee third. Russ, all right, I can't think of what to pick in this spot aside from him. Let's go back to round number one, John Hack. 83 kg goat for a long time. Russ Orhee has pushed that record far above and beyond and has, in my opinion, one of the more stacked weight classes just in the USAPL and IPF just in general. 83 kilos. The most amount of lifters go there. Most amount of lifters compete in that weight class and he has dominated for a very long time. Five-time national champion, two-time world champion. He's, he's really easily got the world record. Um, I think the next closest person is about 15 kilos away from it. So He's the best in that weight class. He's got the longevity, and we talked about on the podcast. He's becoming just an amazing platform performer where you can kind of guarantee he's going 8 for 9 or 9 for 9 every single time he competes. Um, and here's, here's just the thought here. Is there another guy in the sport, if you just if he did the John Hack route and went to the untested side, he'd just fucking take every single record and probably have the same success, if not better, as John Hack? I don't think I could find an answer. Russ or he would be uh. that guy. Bob and Ashton.
1: Yeah, Bob and Ashton. I would say honestly, Russ too. I, 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 I would go again, Russ. Russ deserves
2: to likely be somewhere around here, but you're picking him over Ashton. And yeah. Ashton yeah. actually has been winning national championships just as long as Russ. Five? Ashton has Five? won IPF Worlds. And uh, what, was it Open Worlds? A higher dot score. Was it Open
0: Worlds? No, it wasn't. No, he won a no. junior. It oh, was, it no, was, no, 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 okay. So it was Open she, Worlds and Ash... Actually, You've got a Monica pick.
2: Brown on here. One of the most so, yeah. decorated people, Monica. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> one of the and most And all the hate I don't all, know. The, all the hate is Again, gone. I, on Steve now. I could have I could have so many arguments here, and I'm just I'm just gonna go in on the fact that you are doing this just to get the vote. And if I beat him,
0: yeah. put me on the fucking list. Alright. That that works both ways for me. Damn, there, there's
1: 13 tested lifters with a better dots right now than Russ or he and Russ is not a lifter from the past. They That's why I wouldn't put him here.
0: Five time national champions and two time world champions. All of them. I mean, there's one up here
1: that arguably would be a better pick at this point. Amanda Lawrence.
0: Well, shut up. Maybe someone else is going to pick her. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Again. Look at my team nothing though. Nothing against Ross. Look at that fucking deserved- team. Yeah, look at <laughs> your team. What you a literally team. already <laughs> got all the votes.
0: Taylor, Tim, Russ
2: he Just wrap it up. You got the two white lights votes. 17 Wait. year
0: olds with the fucking undercut curly hair dangling earring are gonna love this goddamn uh, list. And guess what? They probably uh, hate me me the most. Also, gonna- <laughs> and make fun of them. Angela's appealed. picking
1: wheeze next.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he probably oh, will. Do. He probably will. Please do. No, we don't put junior teen rec- uh we don't we don't have we don't take a lot of stock in high school national championships on here. But all right, and now I whatever, I'm going with it. <laughs> Russ, right. are you number 4. All,
3: all right. right. so my next pick We're moving on.
0: Yes, yes.
3: My next pick is Bonica Brown why bonica brown 11 time ipf world champion both raw and Eclipse, and she's been like longevity like been competing since 2003 and keeps winning and you can kind of say like just like you talked about ray and jesus like there's bonica and alexis jones and alexis will probably come up and beat her in the future but like that's that hasn't happened yet like she still has the best total overall for 84 plus in the world yeah
0: I think Bonica's, it's kind of like, it's, it's just a fantastic pick. Maybe could have actually gone a little bit higher. I I, I do think you could have put her in that third round there.
3: Possibly. I I think with the accolades.
0: So if we look at third round here, I mean, even to go to second accolades, there's no one really quite like Bonica. I think her and Kim probably have the most accolades. I think her, I think she's another person at weight class hurts her. He doesn't get the big formula stuff, but single ply too. I think probably the most undervalued pick is Bonica Brown right now, just because of how high she possibly could have been. I mean, there's arguments she could be in the first round too, and it's even more under—it's uh, even more undervalued because Steve's going to mispronounce her name for the entire podcast
3: for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, just not make any effort to not make any effort to correct it. Steve, you're awfully silent.
2: <laughs> no because i am trying to figure out my next pick while oh. you all are talking because i'm so torn between like six or seven people on who i'm gonna pick next i have no
1: idea yeah if we decide are we doing five or eight rounds because that does matter for my next picks
0: we probably have to make the decision right now eight. yeah
2: we're
0: it's... not
2: get, we're not gonna do eight i think we can do six we're at about an app yeah about an hour right now i think yeah, yeah. So, sure so you want to do, like do six we'll do six rounds yeah, we can do six. That works. Good. Okay, we'll do six. So we got we, we me and you, uh, Joey had three more picks. All right, but
0: cool. any any other thoughts on uh Bonica Brown here? I mean just a
1: – No, I think it's
3: it the like George consensus
0: quality pick. You made up for your Hunter Henderson pick, I think. Lana. Yeah, <laughs> guys, I, think I, panic. flipped, I panicked. I <laughs> panicked
1: I think if you flip those I'd actually be less upset, to be honest.
0: Yeah, but you got both of them technically, so I guess you're good, right? You got both, so all
2: right. They're on the team. It's all good. Miss, Moving on, Mr. Denovi. Who do you got? I'm I'm debating if I'm just gonna go fully in on just getting dead last in the fan vote here, and I think I am. Go for I'm it. I'm going for it. Gene Bell.
1: Oh, good that pick. is my
2: guy. That is my favorite person. Cigar <laughs> Gene smoking Bell. Gene good Bell. Pick. It just go to his open power lifting from 1973 to 2006. All it is, is a bunch of first place. <laughs> IPF, USPF, APF, USAPL. He is one of the most decorated lifters of all time. Multi-work, multi-weight class. Now it is single ply. Again, this is going back to like a lot of, actually, I think Gene Bell might be one that more people might know, because if you didn't know, Gene Bell was Ashton's mentor. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, if, I don't know if he got yeah. Ashton into powerlifting, but Ashton, I think he did. I think, I mean, Gene Bell is Ashton's mentor who got him like going. Um, and as a terrific, he's arguably the greatest.
0: As has a son competing too, Ian Bell, at the World yeah, Games. Yeah, Ian mm-hmm. Bell, his
2: son, who competes, who's one of the the, the best uh, single ply lifters in the world right now. But if you're talking like historically, like single ply lifters um, in the IPF side, I don't know if anyone is better than Gene Bell. Uh, maybe Sergey Fedoshenko. Uh, There's a couple others, Yaroslav Olek, who you could kind of put in there. But if we're talking longevity, Gene Bell is probably the greatest IPF single ply lifter of all time.
0: He, Yeah, that was kind of a, a pick I knew was going to drop a little bit. I was hoping to get it towards the later rounds just because Dean Bell's my kind of guy.
2: You were never picking Gene oh, Bell. I was picking You're only Gene only Bell. With the have. People, have. people who have at least have. Uh, you're only picking people who have over fifty thousand followers and have uh, specific levels of clout.
0: And Gene Bell goes through all that because him and I shared a cigar in Daytona, and Gene Bell's my best friend. So watch your fucking mouth, Steve. You're talking about my best friend. <laughs>
3: <Your> best
0: friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gene, no, Gene, yeah, Gene Bell. I, um, I, me and Ash were just ta- we're not just talking about. We're talking about like yeah, he was a guy who was doing insane things, and he was in this the. Absolute one of the oldest stages you could have in powerlifting and doing crazy things with kind of equipment, kind of like Ace bandage wrap, knee sleeves or wraps or whatever the hell they were using, and doing amazing things. Um, I think it's a solid pick, a good pick. Longevity definitely is there. Um, I think I think there's certain people in the sport that might give you pushback on it. I've had I've had had uh, Gene Bell debates before. Defending him while their people were kind of knocking him down a little bit.
2: Like the, the, you checking like the accomplishment part or like I've definitely heard people who do not think he's natural, but I don't agree there.
0: Yeah, uh, but both, both, both were in the argument. Because he definitely, he definitely,
2: he definitely was kind of in a time back in the egg cone time where supposedly, like, supposedly IPF was not natural. And it was just like, you you did it until you got caught. But the fact of the matter is, he, he did it until. 2002 so he definitely got into a time where it was more heavily tested but yeah yeah I, I don't think anyone can argue in the sense if you think if you're talking single ply lifting he arguably is one of the greatest ever if not the greatest ever
0: yep and i'm always going to defend my best friend gene bill me and ian shared a zoom Joey. cigar too so that was good good luck to ian by the way is competing at world games this week
3: and bonica right.
0: and joe cap and a lot of other great lif- lifters all
1: right joe bags all right i'm gonna go with the pick uh angela should have done if he wasn't going for cloud and go amanda Warwicks. wow um arguably the female taylor atwood where even at her best still dominates worlds and arguably won the best battle that we've had at ipf worlds Ever in 2019, so I, I three-time uh, IPF champ. The only knock is that her best total ever was done in a local meet. But again, even without her best total, she's still beating everyone. So every argument you we put for Taylor going in the first round, I'm getting with Amanda Lawrence at the last pick of the fourth round.
0: Yeah, really. I mean, because it's fourth round, I'm I I I think she would be on pretty much everyone's list. Her successes came, though, 2018 on. So I, I think you saw her, I mean, because it was kind of Daniela Mello's show. Then 2019, Amanda Lawrence could be solidified herself there. And it, it is kind of crazy. We haven't seen the best Amanda Lawrence yet, I think. But she, she's still dominating meets. Minus this one, and she kind of sandbagged it for Sheffield purposes. Where uh, Tiffany Chapone ended up winning best overall lifter. Thoughts? Yeah. Anyone? I know there's got to be disagreements here, right? No. All right. sleep <laughs> <Please. laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I, don't think, I mean, <laughs> I honestly,
2: at this spot, I can't disagree because she should have gone earlier. I if if she went. Like, in well, the second round, maybe I have some disagreements, wait, on. but we're at this spot right early? here, I don't think I can disagree. That was, that was a big value pick at that point. Hold on. Honestly, I thought all three were value picks other than Russ. Russ was the reach in this round. Bro, hold on. So, wow. No,
0: this is bullshit. Ru- I mean, if we're going, because we're kind of cutting through IPF points, and we're cutting through formulas and dots and all that stuff, Russ or he is more accomplished than Amanda Lawrence psychically, right? Five-time national champion, two-time world champion. Amanda Lawrence is a three-time world champion. Didn't win nationals
2: the year in 2019. I, I could actually – not- I, you, I, you could, I could go with the argument that, yes, Amanda did have arguably the greatest battle ever with Daniela Mello, but that was one time. Um, other than that, she's never had an, really any competition. Where Russ arguably has had comp- – whether it's close or not, he is. I don't think he's ever gone into a meet as, like, untouchable. Like, there's always been the thought, could someone beat him? He's never been untouchable like Amanda's been untouchable, where like you literally knew off of opener, she was just going to win and it was just going to be silly. Russ always has to execute. So, you know what? I could, I could see, you know, I get an argument there. I'm getting, I'm i I'm saying I'm not saying Russ is a... Best
3: lifter twice.
0: Okay.
3: Oh, you say yeah, the, the... – the... She's won best. You saying like Russ is more accomplished, but like at worlds, like Russ is not winning best lifter. All
0: right, but if I'm I'm going to be honest here, formulas really help. Eighty two and a or eighty threes. We're kind of in that
2: middle there. Well, also because you're barely out totaling Taylor Atwood, who is uh, uh, weight class down.
0: Man, fuck Taylor Atwood. There,
2: there is something (laughs) to say about winning best overall lifter, but she can do that because she doesn't have to worry about attempts against a competitor. She can literally plan out her attempts to beat Leah since she competes after her and since she doesn't have to defend anyone else in second place.
1: Yep, but she did also win best lifter in that battle. She, The one battle she had, she still won best lifter.
0: Yeah, which was, I think, a given that year. Mm -hmm. I think that the thing was who wins that battle is going to be the best overall lifter. Um I mean, no arguments for me. I'm just getting sick and tired of guys calling Russ Rohey a reach. I mean, we're gonna say he's a sixth round, because then it'll be a reach, because if you're gonna take him the fourth, but I mean he would definitely be taking this round. Speaking of this round, Joey, who's your next pick?
1: All right, I'm gonna go maybe a controversial pick. I'm not sure. I'm gonna go Eric Millbridge, who still holds holds the 140 Rap all time world record. It's been held now for six years, which In today's age of records, feels like they're being broken, especially on the untested side every month, to still hold a record in a heavier weight class untested for six years is a pretty heavy accomplishment. He also competed at Big Dogs three times at around 308 pounds body weight, where most of the competitors were almost 400, if not over 400 pounds. And he actually had, Big Dogs was total only, but he had the best dots twice in Big Dogs. It just, that's not a meat that's gone by coefficients.
2: I had him pulled up as maybe my next pick, so nice. I can't Good have any Joey. disagreement here. Excellent job, he, there, he Joey. He was he was some, he was someone I was looking at.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I got started in sport in 2016, he was the guy. Um, just on the untested side, I, I get maybe there was a thing me being in Illinois and um, him and his brothers trained at Jim uh, Mountain Aurora uh-huh. that. Um, that really added to it, but yeah, I couldn't, you really couldn't go on powerlifting long enough to like out here in the Little Bridges name, and it was because of Eric. Eric was such a fucking beast um, that he was up there as far as best lifters go within that era. I think, I, I really, only yeah, again, only reason why you drop him down is because just other lifters have competed, and I think there's a recency bias with certain lifters. I mean, he's not active on the platform. I don't know if he, he's retired, I'm assuming. I don't know if he's announced anything ever, but uh, yeah, I think he's
2: retired. He moved to Australia and I think he's got a family now and it seems like that's more important.
0: Yeah. So maybe like, I think that would be the only reason why you do this list two years ago, four years ago, little Bridge is probably within the first two rounds. So, um, still with on the, still on team Joey
2: bags. All right, Steve, what do you got? <sighs> This is getting so hard. I don't see. I could go 10 rounds because I prepared them like some people yeah. because I've got so many I want to pick right now.
0: I'm just thinking who USAPL, what I, USAPL, let's try and pick next.
2: Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to go with this one because I think she might get picked. And honestly, I think she should have gotten picked round three by Solana. I'm going Christy Hawkins. Christy Hawkins, uh, for every argument that I said, I, I think Hunter could be more here and I think Christy should have been where Hunter is because Christy is both good at raps and raw. She has the highest ever raw dots and I believe she has like the six ever wrapped dots, but that's because she hasn't that was back to like 2019 and she's blown up since then. Honestly, I think if she put raps on. she likely I, I think she honestly if she put wraps on she she could possibly beat Mariana's dots total. Uh, And if she did that, we would be talking about Christie in the second or third round easily. um, And probably maybe even ahead of Mariana, if she was to do that.
1: And on another point on Christie, she had one of the coolest moments I've seen in person at the showdown last year, shredding a bicep, finishing a pull on a torn bicep, and then only looked mildly confused and annoyed that she tore her bicep Mm -hmm. point over 600 pounds. It was one of the, the, I powerlifters act tough and powerlifters aren't tough it was one of the <laughs> toughest moments i've seen from a powerlifter was her locking out a deadlift with a torn bicep and then just looking mildly annoyed and then having to be convinced to not go out for another deadlift
0: i didn't know that last part that I, I didn't know that last part there that's insane but yeah when i saw the video i'm like oh Wasn't that's on your weird. third no second i thought
1: no it was a second yeah
0: I just remember watching I'm like, oh, that's a bicep tear. And you know, when you see bicep tears, you immediately see the bar hit the ground. She finished the lockout and it kinda like made me uh thought my mind was playing tricks on me. Like, did I see a bicep tear? Because she kinda just nonchalantly threw it off and she shook her head like it was a technical problem. Not that her bicep ripped in half. Um, so yeah, that was crazy. And I would agree with you. I uh, So
2: So the So the last time Christy did wraps, she squatted 628 and two months later, she squatted 507 raw. If you just take that 628 wrap squat and put it to her current total, that puts her to 692 dots. But she now squats raw 578, which is 70 pounds more than she did back in 2019. She could viably squat 660 to 670. And if she did that, that would put her... 707 dots, which I think is just, just barely behind Mariana. So, yeah.
0: All right. Any other any thoughts? Yeah, again, Solana, I'm going to keep on going back to your Hunter Henderson pick. I think Chrissy Hawkins probably should have been there. And
3: you, were, you just That's missed okay. it. My next
0: Yeah, right, yeah. What's your next pick?
3: My next pick is also controversial anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I'm giving it to Liebhoff. And I know it's kind of wild because she just like missed weight and didn't even compete. But at the same time, she's legit, like what her best what her last total was was over a hundred pounds more than what won Rose this year in a three-way battle for pulling for the win. Like she's still way above everyone in 63 in every country. Mm-hmm. And even if she goes up 69, she'll still be very competitive. So she's a very competitive person. She won two IPF worlds. And if you look at her open powerlifting, she started in 2015. And besides two meets, it's all first place.
0: Yeah, I think the big knock for me is just longevity. I, I you don't really see the longevity and on top of that, like she's kind of dominated a weight class. Not really though. See, I mean this I'm missing weight this year is a huge knock against her, in my opinion. Um granted, I think she could go up at sixty nine and win. But was it 2019? It was Kalora who won that weight class. So it's not necessarily been Leah just dominating the scene. Um, I I, I think it's like power rankings wise, Leah is that pick because of how good she's been recently. But she doesn't have the longevity. Really, I think of everyone on this list, she has probably the least amount of accolades. Granted, though, it's round five. So we might start getting into some reaches here.
3: And you're not yeah, wrong. I, I mean, think she does have the least amount of accolades, but I still see her having a longer reign, or a long reign in front of her, not longer. But
2: I could kind of put her like, like I think hey, if we do this another five years, Jesus Oliveira could very well be in those first two rounds. He might even be before Ray. I see that as Leah. Like, I don't know if Jesus is going here because one, he hasn't beat race total Two, it's, it's only a couple of years. I kind of see Leah in that same bit, but the difference is this is the fact of the matter. Uh, women's powerlifting is for lack of a better word, newer than men um we, we have a lot more of a pool of men that date back to the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s where women's powerlifting it existed which is the one reason why Laura Phelps just dominated it for so long in the multi scene but really women's powerlifting has blown up so we have a bit less to kind of pick from in the sense of longevity and so I, I can see how you do have to take a little bit more recency bias because Leah is just destroying everything we thought was possible and it's partially because, like, it's just kind of a—it's a, it's a newer trend that women are powerlifting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense on on my end. Um, that explanation there. Uh, I thought, why didn't you said that? It wouldn't be funny if I just put Tasya Saliveras next and just and and just completely racked up on
2: these uh, <laughs> on these pa- on these pandering votes. Yeah. I, mean, well, well, I mean, he could he he could deserve to be on here, but it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You, I I wouldn't argue about him being on this list somewhere, but it would be the same argument I have against Leah is like the, the longevity of it. But the difference is, is we're going to have less women with the same long. We're not going to see as many women with 10, 15 years other than like Kim and Jen versus men. We're going to have a lot more to pick from in that sense.
3: Mm-hmm. I think it's hard too because Hey Zeus, like, even though this meat was like, kind of controversial with the calls like he didn't do anywhere near what he thought he would at this meet yeah
0: well I was just gonna say yeah like I, I mean Lea all if we're doing I keep, don't think Leah I don't
2: think Leah did very close either <laughs>
3: yes but she straight up <laughs> didn't do anything <laughs> yeah
0: that's a very good point there um <laughs> if this is a keeper draft it'd be a fantastic pick that,
1: that'd be a great <laughs> Yeah. Pick.
0: yeah that would be I, I mean you'd probably go in the first two rounds with Leah and the other young lifters there. But, uh, all right. I'm actually having, I'm so unsure about my next two picks. This is, yeah, I got to not fuck this up on the, uh, on the tail end here, but I could tell you what I'm not unsure about. And that's, The quality of Stoic gear. Ladies and gentlemen, go to lift.net and get yourself Stoic gear. They have the best powerlifting equipment there is. I wear Stoic gear in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. And also for everyone wearing it, you know it is quality and it's the most affordable. You won't break the bank. You're not spending money just on a logo. You're spending money on the quality. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some money on Stoic gear. Go to lift.net, save yourself some money on the singlet. Wrist wraps, knee sleeves, belts, they got it all. And they're getting more colorways. Just you be patient, ladies and gentlemen. They'll get there. All right. Now I stalled, and I still don't have an answer because I was so focused on can, that stoic read. I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick for you because no. the Oracle
2: already knows who you're taking. No. Wait, hold with on. With the here. next two who picks. Do you, who do
0: you think I'm going to uh, take?
2: It's very obvious. You're taking Brett Gibbs and Jessica Bittner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no I actually it, believe it or not uh Gibbs was not on on my list even though he could have been you know what I think because <sighs> Milanich has dropped so much that I think is a solid pick I mean I'll go with him
1: that's a good pick I was between him and rollbridge at my pick
0: yeah, I mean, again, it's not like my, like I, I want to go with like my fans pick here and go with someone else. But, yeah, if I was deciding between him and Dan Bell, you know, in round three, I, getting him at fifth, I think a good value pick here. Steve, you have a little
2: condescending smirk on your face. What's that about?
0: No, I like it.
2: The, the one issue I have with Andre Milanichev is I don't think we ever got to see him go all out. Yeah, because I, it's it's I don't know how much of a myth this is versus true, but it was talked about how, like, if you set records in Russia, you would get prizes. And so he would only chip his record. So that it was easier to get paid by the Russian government each time or whatever it was. I don't know the truth to that. but We just never saw him go out. I honestly wonder what would have happened if he ever went all out, because I don't think he ever truly like fully pushed at a meet. It was always a meet that he just always made things look so easy. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like you go back four or five years ago, I mean. It, any meet he did that was the guy to watch before there was jamal Brown and hack and dan bell it was Andre Milanichev. that's why you that's why you tuned into uh i'm trying to think of what the, the what was dan green's meet that he always held that, that Milanichev set the squat record there boss of bosses yeah boss of bosses that was the big one then even though i think jeremy hamilton might have won that meet um which most people probably don't even know who jeremy i think jeremy Han- Maybe he did. Either way, I remember, I remember very much vividly watching Boss of Bosses and Andre Milanich breaking the squat record and total record that meet.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I guess the later rounds here. I mean, I'm kind of dismissing some of his accomplishments and I picked him, so I kind of feel like a dick about that. Uh but yeah, I, I like the I like taking him fifth there. Um, especially he's he's got the total two to back it up. It's not just formulas we're talking about, we're talking about totals. God, this next pick's fucking hard. I might just go random fan pick here. Shit. (sighs) Sam Calhoun. I'm going Sam Calhoun with my last pick. Um, I think she is one of the best female USAPL lifters of all time. She won IPF World's Best Lifter uh, once and competed in 63-kilo weight class. She was a lifter there recently, more of, Le- uh, definitely Leah's weight class. Kalora beat her in 2019. Um, but I want a little bit more, I, I mean, fuck, I just love Sam Calhoun as a lifter and USAPL. Like that's She's like- never,
2: she's, I love Sam Calhoun. She's never won IPF Worlds, even her weight class.
0: Oh, she hasn't? I thought she won best overall lifter one
3: year. No, so everyone thinks she has. Everyone.
0: Well, she, she not only has not won why? best overall lifter. Why? She has not
2: won her weight class.
0: Why has people thought that, or why is that popular? <laughs> why, has, <laughs> why, I why, why, have, why? I don't,
2: don't know. Tell you, you you tell us because you just picked her. solana just said, wait. So yeah, just said
0: everyone thinks that, but it's not true. Why? <laughs> why? Everyone does. It, it just happened. Wait, why uh, does it? I don't, why don't does know.
3: Well, like I'm people like the, talk about all the time. People have come up to me, but like, yeah, blah blah. I'm like, she's she's not. I'm fan like fans. the
0: Yankees <laughs> announcer right now of like when uh he thought john Giancarlo San hit a home run, and it's like, what ha- what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I all right. Well, I'm still picking Sam. um Huh? Right. Well, yeah, because you already picked her. You're not going yeah, back. I can't. On I can't yeah, you, <laughs> you can't, can't pick go it. Go back. I already hit the button. um I mean, I still think he's one of the best lifters if you put her on a list of all time. Yeah, I guess I fucking thought she
2: won IPF Worlds.
0: I don't know. She won, she won best overall lifter USA uh, Nationals, Sam,
2: definitely. Sam's amazing, but unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people that have won IPF World Championships that could have been picked instead.
0: Well, I'm but Angela Sam.
2: will get the votes for that. Yes, Angela will get the votes for that.
0: All right. Yes. Well that's a chop on my end. Uh all right. Go move on, I guess. Solano <laughs> my turn, picking. right? Yeah.
3: All right, I'm taking Jess Bitner. See, that was gonna be Second my pick too.
0: I, I went I guess I went a little bit more fan on that one. Where I just like Sam's one of my Did favorite she, lifters.
3: She's one
0: of my favorite people, but Jess Bitner is Wow. Wow. <laughs> um...
3: Bittner, Butner,
0: Bittner, Bittner. I think it's Butner. I think it's Butner. Butner. Think it's
3: Butner. <laughs> Whatever. Won multiple IPF World Championships. I think she won three what, IPF World Championships. She's had big, I mean, this past year was a huge battle with her on Agata, and she had the biggest deadlift in IPF history. And she had to do that under pressure because if she didn't get it, she would have gotten second place. So that takes a lot. And yeah. She's not well, second place, like almost got best lifter, not quite, but second. So extremely close, closer than Russell or So <laughs> I. Wait, yeah, I
1: just... Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Bitner's a great pick. I think it's a little bit of because she's at the top right now. I think she's going to go down in the first two rounds of this by the end of her career. She keeps up at it. I just, I don't know if she's, she's incredible and one of the strongest lifters in the world. I don't know if she's done it long enough for me. But to be honest, she's done it longer than some of the people on this list. So I, I guess that's a new argument. I
0: would I would pick her over Leah, probably, in my opinion. Same. Um, but, I, I mean, we yeah. see all these things, but at the end of the day, he's Canadian. So that's got to knock her down just a bit, right? Like, Yep. <laughs> no. I love that yeah. soundbite. I love that soundbite that it actually sticks with. Like, you can take that and just like, what the fuck did he just say? But, no, I'm just joking. Um, I think I think just as far as late round, good pick, three time IPF world champion or two. Two, Is
1: one junior, two open.
0: Okay,
3: okay, that's what I
0: thought. I mean, I think Canada, right. Canada's most famous athlete behind Brett Hitman Hart and Wayne Gretzky, so he's got that too. And all, all every hockey, well, every and, hockey fan just got pissed at me. It, it you know, every hockey it fan goes just Wayne Gretzky,
2: Brett Hart. Uh, Blake Barrett, then Jesse Bittner
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah. The
2: wait,
1: I, sorry, Mario was Canada's
0: most popular lifter. Blake? He was on the SBD ad. Uh, no,
1: Drake. I thought Drake was the best athlete in Canada.
0: <laughs> he's uh, if you see him do shoot arounds, he's probably the best basketball player in Canada. Because we, I mean, Amer- <laughs> American players. Play- oh no, there was Steve Nash. Never mind. I know too much about sports. I, I I can't disrespect Steve Nash that way. But Drake is a close second. All
2: right. Steve, what's your pick?
3: And Steve.
2: I hate that we're going, doing six rounds. At the end of this, I'm going to list off the people I've got because the fact of the matter is, is there's so many people that should be on this. This one... Oh my gosh. I don't know. I've got like 10 people. I I want to pick with this pick, but there's there. I have a sentimental pick that I feel like I'm going to have to go with. And honestly, I think this person, if they had dedicated themselves to powerlifting would have probably easily been the greatest power lifter of all time. Um, I could actually say this for a couple of the people I have, but this one in particular, 1979 in 1979, this person hit a 2,425 pound total. In 1979, so we know it wasn't with any kind of special equipment, and that man is Bill Kazmaier.
0: That's a great pick. Great pick. You got probably. You can argue the long. You have you you the most. You the longevity team. there. You have the most logical team for sure.
2: Well, wait until I get to the other one. I, I again, <laughs> after Joey makes his pick, I'm going to go through my rest because it's it's a shame that we're going to not get enough of these in here. But like Bill, the the argument is that he he went the world's strongest man, but arguably. I I, I think till this day, like people would argue Bill Kazmaier may be the strongest human being to ever walk the face of the earth. I think him and Cedruna Savickas are the two strongest human beings. That's the other person I was, I was kind of debating here along with like 10 others, but
1: I mean, you could throw Mark Henry in that two of people, they would have dedicated an hour with. They probably could have been the strongest person ever. Well, Bill Kazmaier and Mark
0: Henry were kind of like era parents, right? They both had kind of the same accolades. (laughs) Um, They both were in professional wrestling. For and I mean they got mainstream success too. Bill Kazmaier was into WCW. Um, I yeah I great pick, longevity. You went all the way back into the seventies, and I'm the boomer apparently.
1: Damn Mark Henry for becoming a millionaire instead of becoming the best power from all time.
0: Yeah, why did he sell out that way and become in a stable? Well, with or Bill Rock?
2: Kazmaier too? I'm sure he became. Much wealthier by doing World's Strongest Man than if he did powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I both that. of them. Yeah, I think that was the thing
0: back then. It's like, well, you're an incredibly strong human being. Let's try to make as much money off this as possible. And yeah, apparently WWE was watching more of World's Strongest Man than powerlifting. Who would have thought?
2: And sentimental yeah. pick because my dog is named after Bill Kazmaier. My what's your and, dog's? Yeah,
0: what is? What's your dog's name though? Kaz. Okay, good. because if, if you went Bill, I would have been like, what a fucking lame <laughs> dog for a <laughs> name for a dog. My la
2: no. <laughs> My last dog was Mars after Marius Pujanowski. Ooh. But Mar- Mars passed away last year. P. Mariusz oh.
0: R.I.P. Marius Pujanowski. Big big time uh big time hero in Lamont High School because 90% of the school was Pollocks, So they uh they they loved him.
1: All right. Last pick. All right. So i between two. One would get more votes and one's really where I go. I'm going to give my consolation first. This is not my pick, but I really want to go with Dan Green right now because he's who got me into powerlifting, but I, I can't do it, especially after his last meet that bench no. press shouldn't have counted. No. <laughs> and I don't, he got hurt and didn't do it as long as I wish he could have. I'm going to go with my pick. Captain Kirk, Kirk Kowalski. Okay, Karwowski. Um He honestly, I didn't know this until I started digging into this. In 2004, did a raw meet in the AAU Championships and beat the best single ply total by 50 or almost 100 pounds. Raw beat a single for the best single second best total, which is single ply by 100 pounds at 242. Um, talk about longevity from 83 up to 2004. He really was in that generation of br- making powerlifting what it is today, and did it in raw wraps and single ply.
0: All right, yeah, okay. I think a fantastic pick there. I mean, did he do multiplay too? Nope. No, no, uh, no. Okay, just wondering um, towards that now. I'm going to ask you guys this question because do we have any pushback on that Steve Talana? No,
2: Nope. But Dan green was, I was also debating him because of the, uh, the, the fact of him getting me into powerlifting. Somewhat. I was, I was, I was, was debating two. that one too. That, that one was tough not to pick. That one would get picked in the next two rounds. If we were still I, going, I
0: that was thing. too, I, mean, I, be- want
1: to, I was too, but I didn't want to pander, you know? So, that would literally be my next pick in my notes. It says, "Welcome to Generation of Powerlifting." Because I think anyone started between 2014 and 2016 is partly in the sport because of Dan Gray. I,
0: I, I was going to ask you guys who would be the best male equip lifter of all time. Would you say?
2: Uh, I got three. Uh, a single
0: ply. Well, let's go multiply because you put Laura Phelps in here as the, uh, your multiply lifter. So let's go multiply. Because I mean, they're Hoff. left off. To, yeah, they're left yeah. off. To, no matter who it is, they're left off the list. So that's what I want to know.
2: Chuck Vogelpohl, Chuck Vogelpohl. if he had any like brain whatsoever when it came to like attempt selection and like being about his wits, Chuck Vogelpaul likely would have been based off of his supposed gym list, but Dave Hoff is the best
1: multiply lifter. All right. The only argument, the only name, and I actually don't know this lifter, but just based on stats, is, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Kale Ransonen from Finland, who has almost as good a coefficient score as Dave Hoff, has also done it in Classic Raw. But yeah, I agree. Dave Hoff's probably the answer, Mr. 3K. I just, to Steve's point from earlier, I wish he did it to a better standard. Sean Frankel's another one,
2: too.
0: Yeah. Just wondering because no if,
2: if you go look at his, he, he dominated Multiply for a long time.
0: Because once we release these lists, we're just going to piss off. Two multiply people that listen to Two White Lights, so just want, just really want to get your opinions on that because I yeah I guess my list would be the same. I would go uh, uh, Vogelpool just because of the name. Like that's a fucking. No, he arguably had that's a the, name. He arguably right had there. the most.
2: He he, I mean, he arguably had one of the biggest influences on all powerlifting because mm-hmm. of who he was, and people still wearing beanies and meats to this day, and. SPF and APA meets just because of him.
0: Yes. Uh, it was a great look too. All right. So Steve, give us uh, the greatest hits here. Who, who are those? I'm going to go through my,
2: I'm going to go through my rundown of people that we did not list. We just said one, or actually said two, Dave Hoff and Chuck Vogelball. Um, I mean, th- I, they could have easily been on here. The next one, this is the one that I was, before we got on air, I was quizzing you that I knew likely none of you knew who it was. This person had the raw, total record for years until Ray broke it. I believe he was the first, he was the, he, not the first ever. He was a world strongest man, Don Reinhout. No, I've Don never Reinhout. heard that name.
0: Not going to pretend like I Don do. Don
2: Reinhout. Okay. Next up, honestly, someone that I almost picked in my last pick, Larry Williams. He's kind of a meme now but he still holds top 3 records in three different weight classes.
0: No, fuck that. I'm not no, not happening. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I couldn't put him there. Fuck that. Okay.
2: Dude. Going from there, you got Mark Henry, Zdjunas Savickas, who is actually a fantastic IPF lifter. I honestly just don't think he the reason I would go Bill Kazmaier is Bill Kazmaier actually put up a total that to this day would win meets. Zdjunas never really spent enough time in powerlifting, but I honestly think Zadrunas Savickas is the strongest static lifter in the history of, of mankind? Like, if he would have power lifted he would have probably totaled something that was completely untouchable. Um, Andy Bolton, uh, a fan favorite, Zahir Kuda Kuda Yarov. Uh, yeah,
0: he, going was, from here, there, he was everywhere. Uh, two people that yeah. I almost picked. Oh, fuck. and I, I, I. Oh, With Blaine Sumner no. or Yaroslav Olek? I miss Blaine Sumner. That's a that's on my. Oh, shit. He should have. I, I really
2: I really kept debate between Jean Bell and Blaine, and I kind of wish I went Blaine Sam, Sumner there. That Sam, was a tough one. Sam Calhoun, you owe me dinner. <laughs> I picked over Blaine
0: Sumner. No, I picked the over Blaine Sumner. Someone,
2: on. Oh, oh, that's slipped me. Oh shit, I'm gonna regret that someone one. Someone who's not very known, but I believe I I might be wrong on this.
0: Fuck, he's not on I any might, list. I might be wrong.
2: Mike, Mike Bridges. I believe he may be one of the only people to ever beat Ed Cohn in a meet. I might be wrong in my, I, of who that is, but Mike Bridges is one of the greatest ever. Uh, Jesse Norris. Um, no, honestly, I, I probably would have picked him. At, uh, I, I could have picked, I could have picked him if it wasn't for the fact that it was the SPF record breakers meet that was hailed in lore and he never really did it. And a meet that counted Ashton Rauska. Yeah. I think he definitely should have been on here somewhere. Uh, Dennis Cornelius, Mike Desher, yeah, uh, Bryce, yes. Christoph where's Ellis McClain, Dave Ricks, all people who have won. They would be IPF on a World list. They, yeah, they would be on a list. All right,
0: <laughs> fuck you. <laughs>
2: Bra- <laughs> Brian's, Brian, uh, Brian Siders. Um, he's a lesser known single ply lifter. Uh, Andres Stanizek, this the greatest squatter in the history of mankind. If you don't know who Andres Staniszek is. Uh, go look him up. He has the single greatest squat in history. Andre Beliav. I don't know him very, I don't have no idea who he is. All I know is that he is a ridiculously strong single ply lifter and may be the best single ply lifter of all time. Going to women untested, Steffi, Steffi Cohen, Cece Holcomb, uh, Stacey Byrd, April Mathis, and then women on the tested side that we didn't talk about Corolla, Daniela.
1: Yeah, um, I April, think- April Mathis has the highest total. I almost picked her raw and wraps for all women, so that that was a, a missed opportunity from all of us. I think.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, Blaine uh, Sumter's not going to be on the list. Uh, we I, again, we could we could have easily if it wasn't for
2: time because we, we want we didn't want to. Yeah, we're we're list, already we close to easily- two hours. Yeah, we could have easily gone 10 rounds. No problem, no ifs, ands. Yeah, now that you you said all the...
0: If I would have had the fucking board, it would have been a little bit easier. (laughs) Oh,
2: my God. If you would would have have researched versus hopping on... uh, Hopefully, I win.
0: Hopefully, I win. Oh, it's not going on here.
2: Hopefully, I win. Yeah, you're going to win
0: because you... I don't know about that now. Because if I would have... Yeah, all right.
2: Yeah, Okay. I don't think I can't I can't win because I picked people that no one knew. Yeah, you
0: have a no really gonna have a you also solid picked, team though.
1: You picked John Hack. You could win just with John Hack.
0: Yeah, I, I could have picked Jamal Brown or fuck. That would have been that would have been an easy vote for most people. Actually, going through these lists is like because uh, I'm looking at the Q and A that we did. Really, it's not. I mean, there's the, your greatest hits in there, but there's a lot of ones I'm like, what? I, okay, people are just listing off their favorite lifter, which is nice of them, but. Every every lifter who's your favorite lifter is the goat, right? I've been called the goat way too many times in my career. I know that for a fact. Um so I'm actually curious to uh to drop these. Ah fuck, yeah. Six uh, team of six. Well, it's good. I mean, we could talk I mean, hopefully they listen to the podcast and just know that there's a shit ton of snubs and a bunch of people we could have put on here. Um I don't know, well, maybe we uh, talked about it this yeah
2: sorry go ahead no i'm done what's up well i was gonna say i was gonna say we talked about it. this went well that we were gonna do more of these and likely it's gonna be a lot easier if we just do like a tested one we do an untested one it, it, it we can actually like get into a lot of i shouldn't have even read my board because now i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw out some people that like uh i i, I wish i could have kept secret and now angela knows about them um, yeah like yeah all, the, but, all those yeah, picks have think- been
0: great ellis McLean would have been i mean speak of longevity uh Den- Dennis Cornelius, the Blame Sumter thing. I think. i can't believe you. I think we had Lane to add- Norton. How did you not ping Lane Norton? Seriously? Ancelo? For real? No, yeah. I am not doing that. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, granted, like the numbers he was hitting back in the day, but like when he got hurt now, his numbers are pretty much equivalent to like an 83 kilo lifter.
2: Joey should have picked Garrett Fear with his final pick. <laughs> He'd have to was- do well in meats for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good point. I mean,
0: yeah, I think even if he did well in meets, I don't think he should be on any goat list. And that's, I mean, I think Garrett would definitely agree with that. Well, right. I'm, I'm I more had just fun with it like, though. I, would, I had a blast. I, I had a blast doing it. Yeah, no, we should have done, we should have saved our last picks for like fan picks. Just like, just throw people on. But uh, I had a very oh. fun time doing this. I, this is going to be a segment definitely on two white So, Be on the lookout for potentially more of these if content is a little bit slow in powerlifting, which it should be because it's powerlifting. Uh, More drafts and not going to only be about lifters, going to be about other shit too. So something relating to powerlifting, I would draft it, do a snake draft for it. I love me some snake drafts. Joey, Joe Bags, thank you for coming on the show, man. We're definitely going to have you on again sometime. You did great in your podcast debut. I'm assuming this is your podcast
1: debut. (laughs) I did one other podcast with uh, Unruly Julie and my girlfriend Aaron Karras, uh, but this is my first time on Two White Lights, and I can't wait to be back. I had a blast, and uh, I'm game with any snake draft possible.
0: Yeah, we got some, we got some pretty cool ideas for snake drafts, so be on the lookout for that. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.